1: Did not win it all. There are the '98 Yankees who dominated and did win it all. All due respect to the '98 Padres, they were not the team of destiny that could put one in between the eyes of Goliath with a tiny little pebble. Although in our tournament here, the uh, Throwback League, they did exactly that. The '98 Padres beat the '88 Dodgers, the team that defeated the '88 A's. So, by the associative property, maybe the '98 Padres should have beaten the 98 yankees but before we melt your mind any further let's talk about the elephant in the throwback league room here josh lewin with you reminding you that the yankees do have 27 world series titles uh, titles to their name and they've yet to win a single game in this tournament so far what can we do without messing around with the lineups to try to make that right well since i am as many of you know a seinfeld devotee I figured maybe the episode that gets George Costanza hired by the Yankees in the first place might hold the key. What did George say when figuring out the way to success was to simply do the opposite? Up is down, day is night, black is white. So, in that spirit, let's forget the number one starter or the team's capable two or three starters. What would happen if each team in this game went with a back end starter? Kurt Young for Oakland, not Dave Stewart, for example. Hideki Arabu for the Yankees. And actually, point of order, the Yankees didn't have one true ace in 98. Cone, Wells, Pettit, all outstanding. But nobody really separated as the guy. Arabu was actually a very solid number four ahead of Orlando Hernandez. Arabu's ERA a shade over four. But that one, two, three of Cone, Wells, Pettit, they were a combined 3.75. Still, the thought that it's a back end guy against another back end guy will maybe change the luck of the pinstrikes here in the Bronx. Let's get to their highly capable opponent, Tony La Russa's Oakland A's. You guys digging this music, by the way? The 88 A's, not just the Bash brothers, not just Bob Welch and Dave Stewart at the top of the rotation. Welch did have 17 wins in 88 and 89 in 1990. 27 won the Cy Young, but the other guys in this rotation playing a big role and here's what John Miller will explain to us about all that. He is our pregame analyst.
0: How do you measure the effect that Dave Stewart's keeping the bullpen fresh to come in and pitch the last three, four innings in relief of the other starters on the other days to win ball games? It's hard to quantify that, but that's what Dave Stewart did uh, later on. To me, he was the man. He pitched 45 more innings than Bob Welch, his teammate, but Welch won more games and he won the Cy Young Award, even though without Dave Stewart's contributions of going deep into games, uh, probably Welch would not have been able to do that. And uh, so, anyway, Dave Stewart, for me, is, is a real headliner on that 88 Oakland team.
1: Thanks, John. Pitching, 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 even when it's Kurt Young in this one, not Stewart or Welch. That Oakland bullpen is just so good. They can get five or six good innings out of Young tonight. That could keep them in it for sure. The A's won 104 regular season games in 88, the year before that number had been 81. But it was during that year, McGuire broke the Rookie of the Year home run record. He had 49 of them. Didn't even play the last five games because of the birth of his son. He was a unanimous choice for Rookie of the Year. And that's the thing with Oakland. Rather than spend a lot of money to buy players who would not be around too long because they can't afford them, the A's decided to try and grow their own. They did that very, very well. Conseco and McGuire in 86 and 87. They were Rookies of the Year, followed by the defensive whiz of a shortstop, Walt Weiss, here in 88. You throw in some key, kind of has-been acquisitions, like Dave Parker. You no, know, Dennis Eckersley was thought to be maybe a little... Long in the tooth, but uh, he certainly proved to be a great pickup. Maguire, Conseco they went off in 88. You're talking about a, a call-up originally for Conseco in September of 85. He made his big league debut that September, struck out, and has won a bat against the Orioles in his debut. His first hit a few days later off Ron Guidry of these Yankees. First home run, September 9th off Jeff Russell of the Rangers. A bit ironic because Conseco would be traded for Russell and others in a deal a few years later. Canseco's 88, the 40-40 season. And we'll go forward about that in just a little bit. But we also, of course, need to talk about Walt Weiss and others. Walt Weiss, 23 years old, comes up. They basically decide Alfredo Griffin's expendable, and Bob Welch gets uh, imported in. That deal worked out well. Alfredo Griffin to the Dodgers for Bob Welch. So you've got Lansford at third, Glenn Hubbard at second this season. You know, the A's in 87 have been 11th in team defense. You, you plunk in Weiss up the middle now, they'll be third in 88. Weiss with a 58-game errorless streak at one point. And uh, indeed completing that rookie of the year three-piece for the A's, 86, 87, 88. The A's in the ALCS in 88 destroyed the Red Sox. There was an interview before game one. Canseco coming out to deny reports in that day's Washington Post. Tom Boswell had it in there that Canseco was using steroids. Adamantly, Jose Canseco said that's false. Hmm. Opening game at Fenway, it was Bruce Hurst against Dave Stewart. Scoreless into the fourth. Canseco drills a home run. A's take the lead. Boston ties it, but a lands for double. A Dave Henderson single makes it 2-1. Oakland Eck with the save. Game two, Storm Davis, Roger Clemens scoreless into the sixth inning. Another Canseco home run, but a three-run homer from the Red Sox, Rich Gedman, tied it up. A's with a run in the ninth would grab the lead. Another save from Eck. It's two nothing in a best of seven. A's heading back to Oakland. And in game three, Boston actually jumped out five nothing ahead in that one, but the A's would score 10 of the next 11 runs in the game. Uh, McGuire, Ron Hassey, among the home run hitters. A third save for Eck Setting up the chance for the sweep and bingo. Stewart over Hurst again. Another home run for Gonseco, Another save from you-know-who. Eckersley, the ALCS MVP. Then, of course, the World Series. Didn't go quite as well for Eck. We, we know all about the Game 1 heroics of Kirk Gibson and the pitching of the Bulldog, Oral Hershiser, throughout the series. But a long-forgotten fact about Game 1. The A's were up 4-3 to three, heading into that ninth inning, the four runs on the Grand Slam from Conseco, which, by the way, would be his only hit the entire series. But to set up the Gibson home run to win it, pinch hitter Mike Davis had to work the walk to get on base. Mike Davis, who hit 196 that year, Eck, who had walked only 11 batters all season in 73 innings, well, that happened after two quick outs, setting up one of the most iconic at-bats in Major League history. Game 1, still the only World Series game in history where a Grand Slam hit team failed to win the game and failed to win the series, too. Dodgers in five 88 A's with all that great work until the middle of October. They just had a few bad days, October 15th to 20th. Elsewhere in baseball in 1988, lest you forget... Willie Stargell went into the Hall of Fame. And here's a, by the way, Stargell one in just four players ever to hit a ball completely out of Dodger Stadium since we were just talking about L.A. One of the others, Maguire, who will do it as a St. Louis Cardinal. Conseco and Kirk Gibson, your MVPs in 88, Cy Youngster-Hirschheiser and the Twins, Frank Viola. Managers of the year, the World Series managers, Tony and Tommy, La Russa and Lasorda. Conseco led the American League in runs batted in. Across the bay, it was Will Clark in the NL. This was the year the Orioles got out 0-21. It was the year that Bull Durham came out. And one more little by the way we will make it about Bull Durham. Eight Men Out came out too that summer. But speaking of Bull Durham, next time you watch that movie, the uh, baseball card on Susan Sarandon's mirror in the opening scene, that was Brian Snitker, who was the Durham Bulls manager when they filmed all that in 87, current manager of the atlanta braves anyway lineup for these 88 oakland athletics here we go carney lansford leads it off he's at third it'll be luis polonia in left field jose Conseco in right polonia and Conseco. later will be yankees you might know mcguire at first base dave henderson at uh, center field terry steinbach will dh in this one ron hassey one time yankee as the catcher walt weiss new york native is the shortstop glenn hubbard at second base batting ninth with kurt young on the mound. And what an assignment for Young. Joe Torres 114 win, 1998 Yankees. And you know Boston went 92 and 70 that year. It was like Secretariat had, had just blasted past them. 22 games out were the Red Sox winning 92 games. The Yankees were 21-1 against the Royals and Devil Rays combined. The only team they failed to have a winning record against was Toronto, going 6-6 six six against the Jays and Roger Clemens. And, you know, we'll make sure that Mike Figa and Todd Erdos and Mike Buddy get their mentions here. I mean, they were on this monster of a team, but the core four really carried them. And there was that burn from the year before, losing to the Indians and not getting into a World Series, having won it all in '96. And the ninety-eight season actually started very poorly for the Yankees. One and four on a West Coast trip to Anaheim, Oakland, and Seattle. They were shut out eight-nothing in Seattle. Monday, April 6th, Jamie Moyer waltzing past Andy Pettit in the Battle of Lefties. This right after Kansas had beaten Oklahoma to win the college basketball title in Kansas City. But the Yankees would steer out of it. They won a crazy home opener against the A's, 17-13, to get to a 500 record. The Yankees in that game were down 5-0, up 12-5, down 13-12. Then they won it, 17-13 with four hits from the number nine man in the order, Joe Girardi. The Yankees also drew 12 walks in that game. But anyway, after the 1-4 start, they won 13 of their next 14. It was a record of 113 and 44 overall after that one and four stumble seven game win streak to end the regular season they outscored the rangers nine to one sweeping the alds they got their revenge against the indians beat them four games to two with boomer wells the mvp then the sweep of san diego in the world series that we talked about scott is the unlikely mvp including a two run home run or excuse me a two home run game in game three it's funny to think there were whispers that Tory's job was in jeopardy in early April. Tory, of course, was a rock. Uh, only major leaguer to achieve both 2,000 hits as a player, 2,000 wins as a manager. Almost the same total in both of those uh, departments, you could say. And George Steinbrenner, famous for frequently firing his managers, but Tory lasted 12 full seasons. managing. 1,942 regular season games. He took the Yankees to the postseason every one of those 12 seasons. Six pennants, four World Series. And as a bonus, Torrey, the only Yankees manager who was born in New York City, raised in the borough of Brooklyn. Paul O'Neill said after they had won it all in 98, look, everyone stayed healthy, everyone had above-average years. It literally just all came together. We literally expected to win every game, and we were pissed off when we did They had four 300 hitters, 10 players in double digits for home runs. Williams, the best batting average in the league. Jeter, the most run scored. As close to a perfect team as you could have. They won by so many runs so often. Rivera had only 36 saves. Bobby Thigpen had his 57 for the White Sox for a team that won 94 times. David Wells had his perfect game against the Twins. A couple days later, one of his signature games, Yankees rallying to score six in the eighth against the Orioles for a comeback that featured the... The violent brawl with uh, Bernie Williams home ring, Armando Benitez responding by drilling Tino Martinez right in the back. Elsewhere at 98, well, again the Yankees were the slow and steady win-win-win story, but the national attention was all Sosa and Maguire and the big time home run hitters. The Yankees were actually just seventh in the majors in home runs that year. Everybody staring at Sosa and Maguire who had the 66 and 70 home runs respectively. He had Griffey, he had Delgado, he had uh, Greg Vaughn, Albert Bell, Vinny Castilla had 46 home runs, Manny Ramirez and Juan Gonzalez had 45, Andres Galarraga had 44. Sosa, 158 runs batted in, Juan Gonzalez 157, and Albert Bell 152. McGuire checked in with 147. Pop culture 98, let's get you a little bit of a sense of that. One of the, the first recognized instances of internet democracy was when Hank the Angry Drunken Dwarf, a regular on Howard Stern, was voted number one as a write in for People's 50 Most Beautiful People, beat uh, Leonardo DiCaprio by about 210,000 votes. Top song was probably by the Goo Goo Dolls, Iris. Big movies included Saving Private Ryan, Armageddon, and There's Something About Mary. Broncos won a Super Bowl, the Red Wings won a Stanley Cup, and Yawn, the Bulls won another basketball title. Patrick Rafter and Lindsey Davenport, your winners at Wimbledon, France won the World Cup in soccer. Bill Clinton and Kenneth Starr were Time Magazine's People of the Year. Google it if you have to. And this was the year that Oprah hired Dr. Phil to help her out on a little uh, lawsuit she was involved with. This was the year that Dr. Phil was unleashed on humanity. The Seinfeld finale was at May. Meh. Jesse the Body Ventura was now the governor of Minnesota. Bob Costas and Al Michaels appeared in the movie Basketball, from which we got the word "derp" for the first time, as far as we know. And Adam Sandler gave us the wedding singer, an homage to the 1980s. So that's a good place to circle around now. We're doing that right here. We're staking our claim in the 90s while also looking back at the 80s. For the 1998 New York Yankees, here's the lineup for Joe Torre. Chuck Knobloch leads off at second. Jeter's at short, O'Neill's in right, Bernie Williams hits cleanup, he's in center field. Tino Martinez at first, Chili Davis at DH, Jorge Posada the catcher, Ricky Lede in left field, Scott Roche is the third baseman, batting number nine. Hideki Arabu on the mound, 13-9, and 4.06 ERA. We mentioned Pettit, Wells, and Cohen in front of him in that rotation. They were a combined 54 and 22. Arabu will have a hard time living down the George Steinbrenner critique of him being a, quote, fat pussy toad that was uttered in spring training, watching him cover first base. Harabu, of course, is from Japan, a country where pride and honor means so much, and he will die in America eventually, taking his own life, very sadly, after a baseball career that started out with rich possibilities and just kind of slipped into a punchline after a while. Arabu was expected to be a more marketable, more superior version of Hideo Nomo, but it never quite got there. His 97 season, his ERA was over seven. He was sent to the bullpen, sent to the minors. Only got in one postseason game. That was in 1999. It did not go well. And uh, due to that eventual lack of success and all the money he was making, Yankee fans sometimes called him I Rob You instead of Arabu. But, here in 98, anything's possible for the hefty right-hander. Guy with a power fastball, good splitter as well. Memories backed by a tremendous bullpen. Rivera, 1.9 ERA. Ramiro Mendoza, 10 wins and an ERA of three. Got the lefty specialist, Graham Lloyd, 1.67 ERA. Jeff Nelson, one home run allowed in 41 innings. We're going to hear from Nellie a little bit later. But uh, Arabu off the top here. And the veteran third baseman Carney Lansford digging in. 279 batter. He takes outside ball one. We are underway. Oakland in the great traveling uniforms with the golden green trim. Lansford wearing number four, a number, of course, quite retired here at Yankee Stadium for Lou Gehrig. First baseball uniform number ever retired. Now the Yankees just can't stop because the pitcher's in the dirt this time, 2-0. June 2nd, 1941, Lou Gehrig passed away at his home in the Riverdale neighborhood of the Bronx. And upon hearing that news, Babe Ruth and his wife Claire went to the Gehrig house to console Eleanor Gehrig. Mayor LaGuardia ordered flags in New York to be flown at a half staff. Pitch on the way, it's fouled into the crowd, right side, two and one. And as for Carney Lansford, he won the American League batting title for Boston in 1981. Two years there after three for the Angels. Now a run of 10 years in Oakland to finish his career. Last five seasons starting here in 88. Only 19 home runs total, but 237 runs batted in. He's a double and sack flies guy. Pitch on the way. That is mashed in a left base hit. That one left up. And a line shot single in left field to bring up Luis Polonia, left-hand batter. Polonia hitting 292. let Let's set that defense. Knobloch at second. And Jeter, of course, at short. Brocious at third. And across the diamond, Tino Martinez at first. Left to right in the outfield, it goes Lede, Williams, and O'Neill. And it is Posada doing the catching here. Pitch is taking its high for ball one. Hideki Arabu listed at 6'4", 240. The Padres purchased Arabu's contract from Japan, but Arabu said he only wanted to be a Yankee, so the Padres eventually included him as a player to be named later in a trade that involved Homer Bush and Arabu going over for Ruben Rivera, Rafael Medina, and three million in cash. As Arabu ladles in a strike, it's one and one. Arabu's got that 97-mile-an-hour fastball, but all the scouts say it really doesn't matter unless he develops some poise. Eventually, he'll head to Montreal, then Texas, where he'll be in a rotation with Kenny Rogers. There's a strike one and two, and that's kind of funny because last year 1997, Kenny Rogers was the odd man out of the Yankees rotation when Steinbrenner decided he had to have Arabu. And it got nasty. Rogers asked in the paper, what do we need Arabu for? And then Steinbrenner said in the paper, all you have to do is watch Kenny Rogers pitch. Then you'll know why we need Arabu. Suffice to say, Rogers soon traded away from New York. He went to Oakland for Scott Brocious, who's in this game right now. Next delivery. Swing and a miss. Strike three. Arabu got him. Down goes Polonia. So, one-on-one out. Now the danger part of this lineup for Oakland here is Jose Canseco at 23 years old, the 40-40 man. This is the year. Unanimous pick for MVP, while Kirk Gibson edged Darryl Strawberry over in the National League. Strawberry now a Yankee in 98, and the pitch to Canseco is up to high, ball one. Canseco may look like Mr. Olympia, but is staying a healthy rate has been roughly the same as Gilligan's getting off the island rate. Through the years, a fractured hand, ligament reconstruction, strained ribs, strained groins, strained hip flexors, ruptured discs, back surgery, name it, Conseco will have it. Taking here in its low 2 and L. Not exactly a stellar postseason reputation. In fact, in the 1990s his playoff totals will grow to be three hits in 40 at-bats, including over for his last 21. Quirky, no question. A tortoise lover. He's got a dozen of them. The largest weighing more than 40 pounds. That one will consume Willie Wilson's shoes in a few years. Pitches outside from Rabu 3-0. Duncan Seiko certainly burned by the spotlight. He was lampooned for Talking to the world through his one phone number, by playing bumper cars with his wife, by driving 150 miles an hour in what was not a 150 mile an hour zone. He's not Mahatma Gandhi, but boy, he can hit home runs. And he's taking here. It's down low again. Ball four. It's a walk. Two on one out for the other Bash brother, a little more mild-mannered Bash brother. Here's the red-headed Mark McGuire. No score first inning. McGuire, 24 years old, 260 batter, 32 homers this year. And since this game is against a team from 98, we may as well talk 98 and Mark McGuire. Because as great as the Yankees are in 98, no one really cared. All eyes were on McGuire and Sosa all summer long. Standing over McGuire in Boston, for example, in the middle of a two for 28 slump, simply for being Mark McGuire. And he takes in the dirt here, ball one. Easy to forget, the first two months of 98, it wasn't McGuire versus Sosa, it was McGuire against Ken Griffey Jr. But as the summer developed, it was McGuire against Sosa, Cardinals versus Cubs, the white guy against the Dominican guy. And as soon as the Bulls won their sixth championship that June, the whole rest of the summer just seemingly became that story, the home run derby. Pitch from Arabu, inside. Boy, Arabu's all over the place here, it's 2-0. You look at the 162-game stretch, late August of '97 to September 5 of '98. How about 77 home runs, 171 walks from Maguire? He hit close to 300. '98 certainly the season to remember. 70 home runs, including a grand slam opening day to set the tone. There's a strike from Morabu at the knees, two and one. And I know. HGH, 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 but that rookie season for McGuire, 6'5", 205 pounds. First full season in the majors, 49 home runs. Playing his home games in what is not a home run park. Pitches off speed outside, 3-1 and now with a couple men on. You Go back to 1982, McGuire was a pitcher at USC. The Trojans hitting coach Ron Vaughn called up the coach in the Alaska Summer League where McGuire was hoping to play. He said, I don't know if you have a need for pitchers necessarily, but I got a guy who can hit, although we list him as a pitcher. 3-1 pitch in there for a strike three and two. So Anchorage Glacier Pilots coach Jim Dietz basically said to USC's Ron Vaughn, all right, why not? McGuire, Turned out dazzling everybody. Led the whole league in home runs that summer, and everything changed. Wasn't going to be a pitcher anymore. And when he hits, that's a 34 and a half inch, 35 ounce bat, and it somehow looks like a twig in those big meaty hands of his. Payoff pitch on the way, outside ball four. So the Bash Brothers aboard, and Lansford. It's still just one out, bases loaded, for Dave Henderson, 304 hitter. A guy with four career grand slams. And we should note, this man doesn't always hit right-handers that well. He murders lefties. Five career home runs off Jim Abbott, five off Jimmy Key, four off Mark Langston, four off Frank Tanana. But sometimes a righty with a good fastball can get him. Although he certainly got Donnie Moore when it mattered a couple of years back out in Anaheim. Pitch from Arabu in for a strike. It's nothing and one. With the bases loaded here, no score. Henderson, formerly of the Mariners, Red Sox, Giants, now these A's, eventually Kansas City to close out a 14-year career. Here's the 0-1 pitch, swing, high drive, left field, drifting towards that foul pole, it's back, it's back, it is gone! It's a home run, a grand slam for Henderson! Four regular season grand slams. And one here now at Yankee Stadium in the throwback league to make it 4-0 virtually right away. And the Yankees in some trouble. Well, to give Yankee fans some solace, at least, as Henderson circles the bases. We mentioned in a big game in 88, a powerful Oakland hitter had a grand slam early on. And then the A's ended up losing the game late, right? We'll see if life imitates art, and if the Yankees have their own Kirk Gibson moment later on. But plenty of baseball to go. Two down top of the first, and here's the right hand hitting Terry Steinbach. 265 batter, nine home runs. He takes high, ball one. Steinbach, maligned by the press, is an unworthy All-Star in this 88 season, but got to the All-Star game was the MVP. Solo home run and a sack fly. All the, the runs scored, and a 2-1 to win in that game at Riverfront Stadium. Pitch from Marabu, swinging a high pop up shallow left field. That'll be an easy play for Lede. Here he comes, makes the catch, out number two in the inning. And next up, Ron Hassey, 4 0 ballgame. Hassey now 35 years old, left hand batter, hit 257 this year, the son of a former baseball player in the Yankees minor league system. Taking a strike on the outside edge, it's nothing in one. Cassie, a Tucson, Arizona native, went to the University of Arizona. 18th round pick of Cleveland originally. Had a nice little career, 10 years in Cleveland, one with the Cubs. Then 85 and 86 here with the Yankees, sharing catching duties with Butch Weiniger and Joel Skinner. On to the White Sox for a couple years. The A's now eventually the Expos at the end. Here's a swing and a miss. It's strike two. Hasse notable for being the only catcher in big league history to have caught more than one perfect game. Len Barker in 81. Dennis Martinez up in Montreal 10 years later. Now the pitch from Aravu, fastball, swing and a miss, strike three. And the side retired. But four runs in on the grand slam by Dave Henderson. One of two hits in the inning. 4 nothing ball game. The 88 A's lead at middle of the first. Let's pause for this.
0: Chuck Yeager here. Old soldiers never die, but neglected batteries do. That's why I feel better with a Delco battery under the hood. seal tight and maintenance-free,
1: with plenty of startup power to handle cold winter nights. Delco batteries and deep-cycling Delco Voyager batteries. Land or sea, they're maintenance-free. And now get up to $5 rebate on all Delco batteries. See your AC Delco retailer for details. But act soon. This offer ends December 19, 1987. Bubble tasty treat can't be beat. A juicy bubble bubble yum. Take a bite, dine on white. and bubble yum. Great bubbles in the bubble yum. The, bubble yum. the bubble yum. Come on, get yourself. The famous bubble yum. The <laughs> Well, as for something you can get into right now here in 2020, might we suggest you try our good friends at Coffee Bean and Tea Leaf, the most perfectly blended coffee on either coast of this great USA since 1963, a year the Yankees got swept in the World Series by the Dodgers, by the way. Coffee Bean and Tea Leaf has been bringing you the finest coffees and teas from all around the world. Check them out. We appreciate them very much. Sponsor of the Throwback League. It is a 4-0 lead for the 88 Oakland A's and again they had a 4-0 lead famously in the 88 World Series in Game 1. Kurt Young on the mound left-hander 11 wins this year 4.14 ERA Stewart Welch Davis in the rotation in front of him but Young well he's a a decent enough back-end starter for sure future A's pitching coach as well big curve good enough fastball there is no Kurt Young award he's unlikely to ever win the Cy Young award Best season he'll have, actually he's already had it back in 86, 13 wins, ERA of 3.45, just shy of 200 innings. Ten years is an A, nine at the beginning of his career, one at the end, and also towards the end you had a run with these Yankees in 1992, 3-0 in fact in his five starts, only one home run allowed in 43 innings in fact. and. That one was in his best start as a Yankee. Eight innings and a win against the Orioles. He beat Rick Sutcliffe. Gave up the home run to the third baseman, Leo Gomez. Young is a native Michigander born in Saginaw. Not that far away from Kalamazoo where Derek Jeter is from. Central Michigan University for Kurt Young. And he'll get the native Texan to open up here as Chuck Knobloch who takes Hyatt's ball one. 265 hitter is Knobloch, 17 homers in the regular season. Big three-run homer in game one of the World Series. Just inside the left field, foul pole, barely over the leaping Greg Vaughn. Over the wall against Donnie Wall. And soon after that, the Tino Martinez grand slam. And that was that. Pitch is outside 2-0. Kurt Young, a pair of one-hitters pitched in his career late in the 86 season. He would do it middle of the 87 season. He got in briefly in the 88 World Series, but to Chuck Knobloch, a World Series lifer, five times in a stretch of 11 seasons with the Twins and now the Yankees, he takes low ball three. On a pleasant enough night here in the Bronx, soft breeze blowing out a bit towards left. That flagpole is out in left center field out by Monument Park, signs for Getty. Met life and Hitachi, among others out there, as the pitch is in for a strike, 3-1. and one. Defensively, Lansford at 3rd, Weiss at short, Hubbard at 2nd, Maguire at 1st, Dave Henderson is in center flank by Polonia in left, and Conseco in right, Ron Hasse is the catcher. Next pitch coming, it is low for ball 4. Well, maybe a little bit too much time in between warming up and getting in after that four-run top of the first. Young starts up by walking Knoblock, and here is Jeter. Michigander against Michigander here, Young against Jeter. And Jeter, 324 hitter this year, 19 home runs, also 30 stolen bases. And a favorite of manager Joe Torrey, as you can only imagine. Torrey and Jeter wearing the only single-digit numbers still available in New York. The ones that haven't been retired yet, six and two respectively. Here's the pitch. It's a strike down the heart of the plate. Nothing in one. Joe Torre had a lengthy and distinguished career in baseball as a player. Started with the Milwaukee Braves as a catcher, first baseman, and third baseman. Played with the Cardinals. Played with the Mets. Then a 29-year managerial. Career in the big leagues. Here's a swing and a foul up near first base coach Jose Cardinal. It's nothing and two. Joe Torre in 1988, talking about the Oakland A's of '88, he was a television color commentator for the Angels and also some work for NBC. Nine time All Star in his playing days. And boy, he stuck the landing as Yankee manager. Not bad considering a tabloid headline had him pegged as Clueless Joe when he first got the gig. Pitch comes to Jeter, swinging a bouncing ball near first. McGuire to Weiss for one. That's all they're going to get The field his choice. It will be one on, one out now for Paul O'Neill. Left hand batter hitting 317. 24 home runs, 116 runs batted in. And a guy who is famously his own toughest critic, seemingly never satisfied with his own performance, taking outside its ball one, four nothing our score. The 88 A's have the lead. O'Neill very steady in his setup. Young's got the sign he wants and the pitch. Ground ball again to first base, but the only play this time for McGuire is to run to his own bag and touch up. Two down, Jeter does go on to second. So two straight grounders to the right side, induced by the lefty Kurt Young. Let's see what Bernie Williams can do. Now, he is not demonstrative like O'Neill. Instead, a quiet dignity about this native of Puerto Rico. We should also mention he won the AL batting title this year. He hit .339. 26 home runs there, too. He takes strike one. That AL batting race uh, race of 98 was tight at the top. Williams, 339. Mo Vaughn, 337. Then down to Albert Bell, who hit 328. Anybody remember Eric Davis was an Oriole? He hit 328 that year, too. Was fourth in the batting race. And then Jeter at 325. Jeter, the runner, at second. And the pitch. Swung on, laced in a right field. That's a base hit. Jeter coming around third. He's heading to the plate. He is going to score. It is now 4-1. to Nice piece of hitting by Bernie Williams. That ball in on him a bit. He just kind of flicked it into right. So a 4-1 to game now as the Yankees try to come back. And here's Tino Martinez, 281 hitter with 28 homers. Lefty versus lefty, though, here. Now that worked out fine for him against Mark Langston. We talked about the game one World Series Grand Slam, upper tank. After the 2-2 pitch just before it really should have been called strike three. 5-5 tie went to 9-5 New York with that swing and it pretty much ended the series right there. Pitch from Young he is fouled right at the plate, nothing and one. Tino Martinez will have another huge World Series home run, Halloween night of 2001. Two outs, ninth inning, Yankees down by two. Martinez comes up with a runner on. Blasts off to right center against the Diamondbacks closer, Byung-Hyung Kim. Scott Brocious would homer off Kim the next night. Pitch is outside. It's one and one. Tino's best year statistically probably last year, 97. Second in the AL in home runs and runs batted in, 44-141. He was second in MVP voting, too. Pitch coming, he swings and he drives it, it's deep. It is down that right field line and it is gone. It's a 4-3 game. Tino Martinez about 10 rows back. In his career, a guy with 339 home runs. Same total as Boog Powell and Dave Parker, the latter of which is on this 88 Oakland team. Guy with 338 home runs is on this Oakland team as well, Don Baylor. but. Right here, it's Tino Martinez getting it done. 4 3 ball game in the first inning, and here comes the veteran DH Chili Davis. Switch hitter batting 291. He'll bat from the right side of here. Three time All Star in a career that goes all the way back to 1981. Giants, Angels, Twins, Angels again. Royals now finishing up as a Yankee. 350 career home runs for Davis, who takes outside. It's 1 0. 350 home runs is a top 100 all-time total in a clump with guys like Dick Allen, George Foster, Ellis Burks, Tory Hunter, Lee May. The great Joe DiMaggio, 361 career home runs against 369 strikeouts. Amazing. There's a swing and a foul down near Willie Randolph, the third base coach. Willie Randolph can tell you about how these 98 Yankees almost got seriously messed up before the season ever started. A few days before the first game, players on a bus going from the Tijuana Airport, where they had just landed, going to San Diego, of all places, where they were supposed to play a couple exhibition games before beginning the year in Anaheim. Well, it was dark out, and suddenly this loud bang. The bus careened up onto a medium. The driver hadn't seen the highway narrowing until it was too late. And the wheels on one side of the bus were up on the concrete. Everybody thought the bus was going to tip over. but. Things got under control. Nobody seriously hurt. Things would get much better from there. 125 wins total, including the 11 in the postseason. Next pitch to Chili Davis is chopped on the ground near short. That'll be an easy play for the gold Glover Walt Weiss fires across the diamond, inning over. What a first inning we had, and pausing for this commercial message. I didn't want to buy a new PC every year till commencement. I needed one that would keep up with them. To save something for college.
0: Introducing yourware from Gateway. Call 1 800 Gateway and we'll custom build you a Gateway PC with an Intel processor and CD ROM. Now for only $31 a month. And in two years, you could trade it in toward the purchase of a new one. Do you guys make sneakers? Call us now and let's talk about yourware from Gateway.
1: One, the 88 A's leading here at Yankee Stadium. Jeff Nelson, part of this 98 New York Yankees team, he was brought in from Seattle, part of the Tino Martinez deal. Somebody had to replace Dio Tino Martinez, it was going to be you. But Jeff Nelson was a big pickup in that deal as well. And Nelly, recalling how the Yankees, having won it all in 96, were very disappointed that they couldn't follow up in 97. Did that make 98? feel like a mission that had to be accomplished here is jeff nelson
0: well we i think i don't know if we took it for granted or what happened in 97 you know the expectation level in new york is always there because mr Steinbrenner, the media uh, you, you know the what what the yankees in history have done themselves you know winning all those championships there's always that pressure i don't think anybody was too happy that we got past cleveland i think we've probably Took it, I mean, we didn't get past Cleveland. I think everybody took it for granted that we were just going to automatically go to the World Series. And in 98, uh, we started, we had an exhibition game. We opened up out, out west, I think against San Diego State, and we played. Uh, then historically, the Yankees never really did well on the west coast. I mean, you hit, you hit Anaheim, Oakland, Seattle. Uh, it was never really a great trip, and we actually started one and four. And after losing in '97 and starting one and four on the year, you, all the all the rumors of okay, Joe Torre, this is it. You know, he's going to get fired. It's not going to be a great year for him. Uh, it's not a great start. Uh, and after starting one and four, we won 114 games. That was a year that you know, every time we stepped on the field, we felt that nobody was going to beat us. That we, you know. That other team and that other dugout, it was going to be a job. It was going to be, you know, hopefully they brought everything they had if they thought that they were going to beat us. Again, we had unbelievable starting pitching. Uh, you had David Wells then, uh, you know, you had Cone, you had El Duque. I mean, we had unbelievable starters. Mariano, this was his second full season as a closer. Uh, and that's what was so remarkable after giving up the home run to Sandy Alomar in 97 in the division series, and all of a sudden sending this home. He goes back, and this is what's so great about him, and the short memory that a reliever has to have. He was a perfect example of that and had an unbelievable year in 98. We had our nine-hole hitter, Scott Brosis. This guy had 99 RBIs in the bottom of the lineup. I mean, we were just that good, uh, and it was just it was just one of those seasons. You know, I was in the 01 season in Seattle when we won the 116. We didn't finish it off, but in 1998, we finished it off and we breezed through the playoffs and we just that that started our I think what, eight in a row winning in the World Series after we beat San Diego in
1: 4. Thanks so much to Jeff Nelson helping us remember some more about that 98 team. We're going to move ahead to further action here. No scoring in the second or third Still 4-3, to the 88 A's with the lead. And here we go, a lot of action now starts to unspool. We don't have time to do the play-by-play, right, if we want to get this podcast in in a podcasty amount of time. Top of the fourth, Walt Weiss with a 4-3 bounce out. But then Bernie Williams unable to grab a fly ball off the bat of Glenn Hubbard. Fooled on it a bit. Maybe the wind took it, I don't know. But a two-base error, very rare error charge to Bernie Williams after that lansford rbi single to left it becomes five to three oakland polonia reaching out a fielder's choice but then caught stealing to end the inning bottom of the fourth down to five three the yankees strike back they tie it up bernie williams singling tino martinez lined out but then chili davis cranking one to left center all the way beyond death valley about a 420 foot shot two run home run for the veteran chili davis ties it up five five so into inning five Canseco leads off the top of the inning with a single and a stolen base. McGuire strikes out, but Dave Henderson punches one to left field, RBI, to make it 6-5 Oakland at that point. Steinbach flies out, Hasse strikes out. That would be it for Orabu, who really, after that one bad pitch to Dave Henderson in the first inning, it really wasn't that bad. Five innings, ends up giving up five earned runs, six runs total. A 6-5 Oakland lead at that point. Yankees coming back in the bottom of the fifth. Knoblock up top of the order. Base hit to left field. Derek Jeter, base hit to right center. Knoblock scrambles to third. Paul O'Neill would foul out, but Bernie Williams cracks a sack fly in a center. The game tied 6 6. Gene Nelson on the pitch at that point. Tino Martinez flies out to deep center field. Thought for a moment the Yankees might grab the lead, but instead they settle for it being 6 6 going to the top of inning six. Jason Grimsley on for Hideki Arabu. Walt Weiss leads off by bouncing out to second. Hubbard pops out to third. Lansford walks, and then Luis Polonia triples him home. The ball's getting to the base of the wall in left center, which we've talked about is a long way away from home plate. RBI triple makes it 7-6 Oakland, and then a Grimsley Wild pitch to make it 8-6 Oakland. The fans getting a little bit restless at Yankee Stadium. Yankees down by two to the bottom of the sixth inning. Chili Davis lead off walk. Posada flies out. Ledea Fielder's choice. Brocious bangs it to the third baseman on one hop, and that would pretty much be it for the inning. Connie Lansford very steady defensively, 8-6 to at the end of six. Top of the seventh, Maguire leads off with a deep fly out to left field. Henderson and Steinbach each with a walk, so on comes Mike Stanton. Gets Hasse to fly out to left field. But then Walt Weiss rolls a single in a right center. That makes it 9-6 Oakland. Glenn Hubbard does strike out at the seventh inning stretch, 9-6 A's. Chuck Knobloch, bottom of the seventh, a triple to lead off. So here we go again. Derek Jeter smokes one to deep right, caught at the wall. Goes as a sack fly, clears the bases. So no rally coming now, just 9-7 for Oakland. O'Neill with a hard ground out to short. Bernie Williams deep fly out to right field, sending Conseco all the way back. Onto the eighth inning, Darren Holmes now on the mound, Lansford greets him with a bloop double right on the left field chalk. Polonia flies to left, Conseco grounds out, McGuire walks, Dave Henderson then, RBI single in the left. How about the game Dave Henderson is having? It makes it 10-7 Oakland, Steinbach then flies out, but this is a six RBI game for Dave Henderson. He played in 1,538 games regular season in his career, 36 more postseason. Never had a 6-RBI game, but he's got one here, buoyed by that first inning grand slam. Bottom of the eighth, Yankees trying to get back here. It is now a 10-7 game. Tino Martinez, another deep fly ball, but again, Canseco goes and gets it in right center. Next up, Chili Davis, fly ball out to Canseco so Posada what can you do well he works a walk and gets Greg Cattarey out of the bullpen into the game then Ricky Leday, base hit here we go Scott Brosius. you got your shot nope ground out to second base still 10 to 7 as we get through eight innings top of the ninth scoreless Jeff Nelson nice job bottom of the ninth here comes Eck to close it out can he do it and we know how sometimes things in the bottom of the ninth they don't quite go the way Eck wants them to but Knobloch grounds out to second base. Jeter steps up, pounds a home run to right field, one of those classic Jeter inside-out drives. It's 10-8. And Eckersley, who only gave up two regular season home runs in 88, the big one to Gibson, obviously, in the World Series. Derek Jeter, you're on the list now. It's a 10-8 ball game. Paul O'Neill base hit right field, one-on-one-out. So you got the tying man up in Bernie Williams. He's got the best batting average in the American League. Deep drive right center, but once again, with a little bit of a cross breeze here, ball doesn't get out. Dives on the warning track, Canseco with yet another put out. So Tino Martinez, you're the tying man. What can you do against Dennis Eckersley? Count goes to three and two. You got a lefty up there, you got your Kirk Gibson moment, ready for that backdoor slider. Now this is a fastball from Eckersley, swing and a miss, strike three. The Yankees of 98 eliminated. Yeah, powerhouse team. Down they go in a high-scoring game. The Hideki Arabu start did not pan out. Ten runs, 12 hits, no errors for the visiting 88 A's. The Yankees are done with eight runs, ten hits, and one error. Remarkable. The 88 A's advance. They'll play at the 5 seed out of this side of the bracket, the 97 Marlins. Next week, we've got a 3 seed hosting an 11 for you. The 93 Phillies, World Series losers. They'll be at the 83 World Series winners, the Baltimore Orioles, which is curious, right? The 83 Orioles beat the Phillies in that World Series, but these are not the 83 Phillies with Mike Schmidt, etc. This is the 93 Phillies with, for example, John Kruk. Terry Mulholland against Jim Palmer, the scheduled pitching matchup. Hope you enjoyed this one. I know if you're a Yankee fan, you're crushed. I apologize, I, I really do, but you know this, this is the, the computer simulation. What can I tell you? 10 the final, 88 A's beat the 98 Yankees. This is Josh Lewin. Bye bye.